This episode of Market Foolery is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com. It's Wednesday, June 26th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me is Motley Fool analyst Ron Gross. Ron, it is just you and me. In a word, how would you describe how you're feeling right now? <laughs> so excited, I could barely contain myself. Okay, okay. Well, Always happy to be here with you, Mac. Well, good. Well, I'm excited too. Um, later, we're going to talk some Netflix. Yeah. They are losing The Office. Have you heard of The Office? I've NBC's heard of it. Every, show? Oh boy, my kids love them some Office. As do mine. And um, effective 2021, The Office will no longer be on Netflix. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about some FedEx. But let's begin with a rough day for General Mills. Shares down around 5% at the time of our taping on earnings. Ron, disappointing revenue, weakness in their U.S. snacks business. Um, Now, a lot of us, when we think General Mills, we think cereal. Oh yeah, and you know the cereal cereal sales in line with last year hanging in there. But they're not just cereal; they've got a number of brands, everything from Haagen Dazs to YoPlay to pet food. But they are running into this trend of consumers eating healthier. Tough go. You got it. Um, you know what's interesting, actually, even with today's drop, the stock was up 26 percent on the year. I would not have guessed that if you had asked me to to kind of predict how the stock has done this year. So that was surprising to me. But you nailed it. Um, it's it's everyone's growing preference for healthier breakfast and snacking options. It's hit all the companies: Kellogg, Mondelez, Kraft Heinz. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, certainly, General Mills is is not immune to that. Uh, net sales, organic net sales, um, that's important in North America. Fell two percent. That sounds healthy, though. <laughs> it's organic, <laughs> um, but importantly, because of their attempt to diversify, and the, specifically the Blue Buffalo Pet Food Company they bought last year, total sales was actually up seven percent, and uh, they saw a thirty percent increase in, in the Blue Buffalo pet business. So diversifying is is working, but obviously they want to grow some of their brands, continue with some of their healthier brands. A focus on Haagen Dazs, interestingly, not so healthy. Uh, Old El Paso Mexican, um, their portfolio of natural and organic foods, and their snack bars. Um, they're they're really trying to kind of focus on growing those businesses. So I think the question that everyone wants to know is where does this leave Bugles? Because they, oh, I love in Bugles. my pantry. Hopefully, you know. Bugles? I love bugles. Yeah. Have you ever had caramel bugles? um, I don't think so. But when I was a kid, it was one of the most satisfying things to buy the bag of bugles and then you pretend that they are, in fact, bugles, right? (laughs) Well, you you led a lonely child. (laughs) You needed a hobby, clearly. But that was just salt in a bag, which is why they were so good. Crunchy salt in a bag. This is true. And and shockingly, (laughs) not doing as well today with the health conscious consumer. So let's talk a bit more about the stock. Um, Because as you mentioned, the stock's had a great last year, beating the market. But it's lost to the market over the last five years. And shares now trading below where they were five years ago. And fun fact, still outperforming Kellogg. Yeah, woof. Woof, woof, woof. So, what's the bull case for General Mills? The bull case, I think, is that they're going to continue to diversify through acquisitions, but that's dicey because that that bull case also has a bear case right around the corner. It's tough to do acquisitions correctly. You want to make sure you pay the right price. You want to make sure you go into the correct areas. I think part of the strength of General Mills over the last bunch of months 
was partly the result of the diversification strategy, Blue Buffalo being one that investors seem to be excited about. But it's tough. I mean, the stocks are trading around 16 times, not just General Mills, but a lot of these companies. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is is a lot of uncertainty going forward. And we're going to probably still see weakness for some time until they kind of get their product portfolio straightened out. Okay, Ron. And as we wrap up here, Looking back on your cereals, and they don't have to be General Mills. They can be Kellogg. Mm-hmm. They can be any. Mm-hmm. But how about some favorite cereals? By far, Cap, uh, not Captain Cap Crunch is one of my favorites. With but, Crunch Berries? Uh, no, without Crunch Berries okay. actually. But Fruity Pebbles are just unbelievable. Really? Yes, really? I love Fruity Pebbles. I always thought they were kind of overrated. Oh my god! Was like, it the Flintstones marketing? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just the the, 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 the they made the milk fruity, or fruity-ish. <laughs> you let them get a little soggy. Oh my god! I might have to have them today. Okay, let me hit you with some of my favorites and tell me how you come down. Apple Jacks. Boring, but my wife loves them. Really? Yes. Fruit Loops. Yeah, like a fruity pebble cousin. Count Chocula. Nah, too chocolatey for me. Too chocolatey. <laughs> Are you kidding? Okay, here is one of my favorites. This was a sleeper. Yeah. Frosted mini wheats. Have it written down right here on my paper, is that true? just so I wouldn't forget to mention it. If you let them get a little bit soggy, fantastic, and you feel like you're eating wheat. So how bad could it be? Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and one of my truly favorites, and I had probably a six to seven year relationship. It was a monogamous relationship <laughs> well, here, with this cereal. Here goes cereal. the thing about you needing a hobby. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Golden grams. Oh, they're, the golden grams are good for sure. Oh I my mean, gosh, they're magical. I, it's a shame that cereal has has gone the way of the dodo bird because it's delicious. Obviously, it's unhealthy, and that's why. But oh my, even granola is delicious in milk. Everything is good. Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to hit you with three overrated cereals, and you tell me if you agree. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Wheaties. Oh God, yes. They're terrible. Rice Krispies. They do crackle, snap, crackle, and pop, but, but that's the only that, fun part I know, of it. After that, yeah, it's yeah. like okay, and then Cheerios. Yeah. Oh my God, like eating cardboard. Yeah. Honey I Nut agree. Cheerios are okay. And then the one, and then one more name I wrote <laughs> you down. You don't get this on those other. Channels. No, no, no. One more, one more name I wrote down, and 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 the word or the phrase I have written by it is, "I'm not dead yet." Is grape nuts. I always, when I was a kid, I always associated grape nuts with like being older. And now that I'm older, I still associate grape nuts with being older. (laughs) You have to be like 80 to enjoy good nuts. Exactly. Yeah. So I've got a few more years, but I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Let's move on. After that hard hitting analysis, let's move on to FedEx. The stock not doing much on earnings. CEO Fred Smith said trade disputes and an economic slowdown have created, quote, significant uncertainty. For FedEx Express, um, Ron, FedEx also facing stiff competition from UPS and Amazon as well. What do you think of FedEx's earnings? Yeah, the earnings are okay, but it's it's the forward guidance about U.S.-China trade tensions. They forecast a mid single-digit percentage point decline in adjusted earnings for fiscal 2020. Investors don't like to see that. That I can tell you. Um, as far as this quarter, adjusted revenue up 2.8%. Operating income down 7%, though, um, negatively affected by lower package and freight revenues at FedEx Express, higher costs at FedEx Ground, costs associated with their US based voluntary employment, uh, employee buyout. They, they um, are voluntarily uh, retiring um, lots of employees there to cut costs. There was some strength, though. Um, US volume growth was up. Uh, increased revenue per shipment at FedEx Freight and FedEx Ground, um, some some favorable incentive compensation expense um, uh, declines. So there there were some offsetting positives, but overall, you know, you don't want to see a company like FedEx have an operating income decline. And 
Let's talk about the competition because when you look at FedEx, when you look at the stock, um, shares have lost to the market over the last year, and they've lost to the market over the last five years. But they're still beating UPS. Okay, so right. <laughs> if if you want to feel better, if you're FedEx, you go. hang out with UPS, right? But it seems like increasingly you've got traditional competitors like UPS, but you also have the Amazons, the Ubers. You have anyone with a car who may essentially contract their time and their services out to a bigger company to deliver. How does FedEx compete with that? Well, you're seeing that it's tough, and you're seeing that in the stock price. They're doing things like making it more convenient for folks to drop off and pick up packages. A perfect example would be they just said they're going to create drop-off and pick-up sites at Dollar General's 8,000 stores. What that does, it puts 90% of the U.S. population close to a FedEx footprint of some kind. So They're trying to make it as convenient as possible. They're severed ties with Amazon for their express delivery service. They're making strategic moves and sometimes difficult moves, because, as you say, it's a very competitive landscape out there. And Ron, before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to NetSuite. Now, we know here at The Motley Fool that if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem that growing businesses have, the thing that keeps them from knowing their numbers, is this hodgepodge of business systems. It's just a mess. You've got a system for accounting, you've got another one for sales, you've got another one for inventory. Yikes! It's so incredibly inefficient, takes up a lot of time, sucks up way too many resources. And Ron, that's where NetSuite by Oracle comes in. It's the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. How does that sound? Sounds great. You know, I, I analyze companies all day, every day. You need to have the right tools in place, or you're just not going to be able to execute well. You absolutely do. And Ron, when it comes down to saving time and saving money and not having headaches. How do you feel about all those three? Take them in any order. I prefer as little headaches as possible okay, on a good. daily basis. And you want to save time and money. Yeah, for sure. Well, you are in luck because with NetSuite, you save time, you save money, and you save unneeded headaches by managing sales, financing, and accounting orders and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash fool. That's netsuite.com slash fool to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash fool. And Ron, our final story, Netflix. Let's talk some Netflix. Yep. Um, at the time of our taping, shares were actually up slightly. And that was a bit of a surprise because news coming out that NBC is pulling its hit show, The Office, from Netflix when that deal ends at the start of 2021. Now, interesting to see how this played out. The Office is produced by Universal Television. They held an auction. NBC bid $100 million per year for five years. Edging out Netflix. Now, maybe they had a bit of an inside track. Sure. We were talking about that. Yeah. But regardless, The Office leaving Netflix in 2021, what do you think? I think it's a big deal in and of itself, but it's, it's the bigger deal is is, is this going to continue to happen? Uh, is Friends next, for example? I think the answer is probably yes. Um, lots of folks. Uh, 
watch Netflix for the the repeats of their favorite shows, not necessarily original content. You and I were discussing earlier before the show, and if they're going to lose just a few key hit shows, I would imagine that's going to be a, a serious hit to their value proposition. Yeah, and you mentioned that, and I think that that's it's a little tough to get at this because Netflix guards their data. But I've always had kind of the Stranger Things theory of the case that we would subscribe to Netflix if Stranger Things was the only show they had. Um, now, the question is, do most people fit into that, or are most people using Netflix to watch archive shows like The Office? And I guess we're going to find out. Huh? I guess. I, I, maybe based on demographics, I think younger folks like to watch the repeats of their favorite shows. Maybe old, old fogies like us uh, enjoy the original content. I'm just making that up, um, but perhaps that, that's how the, it divides based on demographics. But clearly, uh, if you're going to charge a fee and continue to want to raise that monthly fee, um, like Netflix likes to do here and there, you got to have the content. You got to put the right content uh, forth, and that's it's going to be a combination of, of of their own and as well as other people's favorite shows. Well, Ron, as we wrap up here, I want to present you with my desert island question, where I where I ask you if you're on a desert island and you have one of these stocks, and you have to buy one of these stocks for the next five years, what are you going with? General Mills, FedEx, or Netflix? And um, let me let me let me first back up and yes. say that last week, on the show that you were on, <laughs> yes. I mentioned that there's been kind of an internal debate here. One of our colleagues said, "When you say desert island, I don't think you mean that. I think you may mean deserted island." I got a lot of great emails, so I don't want to relitigate this. I want to say I'm sticking with desert island. Okay, I feel good about the way I've been using it. Marjorie wrote, "Don't let other people's lack of finesse and painful pedantic literalness limit your perfectly appropriate use of desert island." Besides, if the Gilligan's Island theme writers got it wrong, my faith would be destroyed. Wow. So thank Strong you, Marjorie. In there, Marjorie. Thank you. And Tim from New Jersey wrote Desert Island is an island which has never been inhabited, which is and has always been uninhabited. Deserted Island is an island which once was inhabited, but whose inhabitants left for one reason or another, whose inhabitants deserted it. I just want to say how great of our listeners to take time out of their day. So it's great. extremely foolish because obviously we're kidding around, and we're having fun here. But it's just so kind and and fun of them to to take their time. That's I, great. I love it just to indulge me. And so the desert island question: General Mills, FedEx, or Netflix over the next five years? Where are you going with? Ah, uh, this is a toughie. I don't like any of them. But <laughs> <laughs> but but if I have to choose. I'm going to choose FedEx. FedEx. Yes. Let's see how I do. And how'd you feel about alphabets? I, I like to make words with them, but the taste was nothing special. I agree. It's more <laughs> more the marketing one. Right. Okay. Well, as always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Ron Gross, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Mac. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mac Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>